Hello everybody and welcome back to Rowan and the Wasteland, where we discuss a film and honor its place amongst its peers. My name is Rowan Wood and joining me as always, he's got your permit right here. It's Shane Kanto, ladies and gentlemen. I have diplomatic immunity. <laughs> and it's just been revoked. What film are we talking about uh, this week, Shane? And why does it mark a very special instance in our uh, in our Rowan in the Wasteland? Uh, yes, history? it's not Lethal Weapon 2, <laughs> which my quote is from. It is Kung Fury, which is our first short film that we're talking about, clocking mm-hmm. in at an amazing 31 minutes of complete and utter nonsense. Yeah. Um, from writer-director David Sandberg, and starring Jorma from The Lonely Island as Adolf yeah. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> this is perhaps the most absurd and insane short film I've ever seen. And it was crowdfunded, which makes it even more yep. interesting and fascinating and just like a super fun story behind it. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I didn't do re- enough research. Is David Sandberg related to Andy Sandberg at all? That is a really good question. Uh, I will, I'm going to do you, you, you vamp while I do some quick, uh, quick Googling here. Because the fact that Jorma's in this, I'm like, but is he? Yeah. It made me question it. But basically, I I can't do justice to this movie without just reading the IMDb summary here. So, in 1985, Kung Fury, the toughest martial arts cop in Miami, goes <laughs> back in time to kill the worst criminal of all time, Kung Fuhrer, a.k.a. Adolf Hitler. Okay. Kung Fuhrer just gets it every time. So it I what I'm assuming here um is that it's not I can't find anywhere on the internet that confirms this, but Andy Sandberg's bo- birth name is David Sandberg. So I'm assuming that he did this um under a like under his birth name a, a, a well which is interesting because the main actor is david sandberg right oh right right maybe hmm. that isn't wait that his isn't. name's david Sam- maybe yeah. Jorma just has a thing for david sandberg's maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's just like i have to be friends with every single human being named david sandberg what a coincidence that is i i, I totally forgot that david sandberg also plays kung fury so that doesn't make any yeah. sense but. Which, this all makes as much sense as this movie, which is a 30-minute fever dream yeah. of just 80s nostalgia, kung fu, dinosaurs, <laughs> like yeah. Thor. Thor and shows up and, and yeah, dinosaurs with like machine guns on them. Yeah. yeah. This is the most absurd movie I think I've ever watched in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so much fun for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's just a like a special kind of crazy with just a ton of weird, crazy, like gory CGI happening everywhere. So it puts like yep. a it, it it puts like a um a very unique sheen over like, hey, here's it, this isn't really what the '80s look like, but it's you know it's it's a fantastical uh like mm. depiction of the 1980s and 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 there's like a like a VHS video filter over it too which makes it even more yeah. um f- fascinating and like interesting to watch and every single person um in this movie under like fully understands the assignment they commit yep. with the goofiness and silliness 
uh, and like the visual effects honestly look fantastic. Maybe that's just because the filter is over it and it's making it look fantastic. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, a movie this old has such good effects. Yeah, um, it tricks you into being like, well, if for 2015 standards, I don't know. But exactly. like, just the filter over it is just so perfect because it gives it this like, this whole movie feels like Miami Vice on acid. Mm-hmm. And it's the perfect like visual palette and tone for this. And there's just like, for a 31 minute movie, there's stuff in this like, why, why did we go to this world where we see Thor and like the product placement and stuff like right. this? And it's just like, um, this makes no sense to this movie, except then when Kung Fury is, uh, like basically Avengers assembles at the end of this yeah. and starts trying to take down Nazi Germany and you have like a giant Thor showing up and dinosaurs and <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it, it feels like something that could only come from the mind of some truly uh, like demented people, but in a good way, in a very good way. Um, like. His new partner's name is Triceracop. (laughs) Come on! (laughs) This just knows how hilarious it is. Like, of course it's in the 80s, so they make David Hasselhoff references, and David Hasselhoff actually voices Hoff 9000. Yeah, and he sings... uh the theme song as well, which I've been yeah. actually listening to for the last few days ever since I saw this. It's so much fun. So much fun. Like, this is one of those kinds of films where it's just like, if you go in with the expectation that this is going to have like a smart narrative, fleshed out characters, and not just be complete mayhem, then I don't know what you're expecting out of a movie called Kung Fury right. about a like a superpowered martial arts cop trying to take down the Kung Fuhrer, AKA Adolf Hitler by traveling through time. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's accurate. What, what more can I say? This is honestly, this is just my, like, like, like this is just my style and my humor. I think it's all of this is hilarious, which makes sense because I love the lonely Island stuff. And this yep. is very in keeping with their sensibilities, which is probably how one of them got it, got involved. Um, and and got to, and and was able to play like friggin like Adolf Hitler the yep. in, in the world of this the Kung Fuhrer. Um, it's just it's 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 crazy, and I don't know how people think of this stuff, but it works. It really works. Um, drugs, drugs. Yep, yep. There yep. we go. Easy answer. <laughs> they were actually watching Miami Vice on acid, yeah. and we're like, you know what would make Miami Vice awesome? Time travel. You know what would make Miami Vice awesome? Fighting Hitler. Wait a minute. We can do both. Veloc- <laughs> Triceracop. <laughs> just like sitting there. That's just how I imagine this all came to be. Just a couple of guys either tripping acid or just smoking weed. Just being like, you know it would be really cool? And then you got this movie. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Shane, I have to ask. It's it's diff- more difficult to rank being a short film, but where does Kung Fury uh, place in the uh, now forty eight films that we've talked about so far? This is almost completely based off of pure fun for this being this high. But mine's number twenty eight. 
28. Very nice. Very, very nice. Uh, what does it supersede and what is it behind? Um, it's right behind Miracle mm-hmm. and right above the impossible. I'm just sitting here thinking about this harrowing movie about this family yeah. dealing with a tsunami. And then it's like, but you know what I really want to watch? Martial arts cop fighting Adolf Hitler. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is um for me at number 23 that is right above Kajillionaire and right below the Velocipaster. So the Velocipaster was just a little bit more absurd um yep. uh, uh for me and and just I you know th- there's the nostalgic aspect as well. Um but I think it's safe to say also, that, we, that we both really like this. Is like I'm looking at IMDb right now. Is this 2023 release of Kung Fury 2 real? Uh, I, my guess is that someone added it because they are like it's on IMDb and people were like, "Oh, I hope it comes out this year," and they just put it in there. Um, if it doesn't, because come I'm out looking next at year, this and it has to 2024. It has Arnold Schwarzenegger as the president and Michael Fassbender as Colt Magnum. <laughs> one can hope and one can dream. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing both of those. Yep, there we go. (laughs) Um, Now, uh, we have three categories to talk about today. That is our top five short films, our top five movies set in the 80s, and our top five uh, on our watch list from 2015. Uh, First up is our top five short films, um, which I think has the possibility to be the most diverse uh, between us of of the categories here today. Uh, Shane, you're up first. Yeah, basically my whole entire list is like, Disney animation, stop motion animation, and Martin Scorsese. Uh, my number five is Day and Night. I forget what movie that played before, but like that was just like such an interesting dynamic of like daylight and the moonlight. Uh, number four is Jerry's Game, the mm-hmm. chess match. Nice. I just remember watching that so much as a kid on like my VHS tapes of, I think it was a Bug's Life that played in front of. Um, have uh, Robin Robin, which that is such a sweet stop motion Ardmund animated film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure the Wallace and Gromit ones would be on here if I've watched them, but they're on my watch list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my number two is The Big Shave, which is like this short film from Scorsese, like really early in his career. That's like this pseudo horror thing of like a guy cutting himself shaving. <laughs> and my number one and this is very deeply personal to me, is Italian-American, which is Martin Scorsese interviewing his parents. Nice. And it's the most Italian-American thing I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> very, very nice. Very nice. Um, my number five is uh, The Red Balloon, a French short from, I believe, let me just double check this. Yeah, it's from 1956. Um, that is basically uh, dialogue free and it's essentially just a child chasing his red balloon um, across Paris. It is very adorable. Um, mm-hmm. My number four is uh, Night in Fog, which is a documentary short that is harrowing and I never want to watch again, um, <laughs> but it is on there. It is about... Um, it's, it basically weaves wartime fo- footage from World War II with um, haunting images in the present of abandoned concentration camps. Um, so yeah, this one's, this, one's, this one's a heavy one. Uh, but the rest on my list is pretty light. Uh, number three is The 11 O'Clock, uh, a 
uh, comedy short that was nominated for an Oscar um, a couple of years ago. Uh, that one's a fun one. Number two is Coming Out, uh, which is the closest I've ever come to, I think, crying recently at a short film. Um, it's about uh, basically Godzilla and uh, the Godzilla's child. And basically the Godzilla's child decides that he doesn't want to be, uh, uh, that she doesn't want to be a boy anymore. Um, and uh, basically the Godzilla is very, very understanding. And this short is just two minutes long and it is it, it is very, very well done. I think it's stop motion animated or, or, or with like, um, yeah, with, uh, with like figurines and, 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 and stuff like Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. So that one's great. Um, and my number one is uh, Rejected, a Don Hertzfeldt uh, film that I think I've mentioned on the show before, actually. Uh. It's incredibly insane and very, very violent, um, but it was nominated for, uh, for, for an Oscar, and I just think it's so, so funny um, and very, very um, strange. So yeah, Rejected, that's my, that, that, that's my top. There you um, go. Yeah. Uh, next up is movies set in the 1980s. Uh, Shane, your list. Yes, yeah, so we did film set in the 80s, but we're not made in the 80s, because yes. that would be cheating. <laughs> um, number five is Mandy, mm. which, oh my god, Nick Cage in this movie, and just the bloody, gore, insane, nightmarish fever dream that is Mandy. Uh, my number four is The Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> which... That's just an eight, the eighties in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, my number three did not know this movie was actually in the eighties. Let the right one in. Mm. Um, this is such a haunting movie and one of the best vampire films you're going to ever watch. Uh, my number two, which is Fargo got me some, well, got me double Coens at the top here. Right. I guess they, I guess the eighties were a good time to make some crime thrillers, but Fargo is just so darkly funny and so amazing. And those accents. Um, but number one is no country for old men, which mm. one of my favorite films of all time, one of the most chilling thrillers that, and intense thrillers I think you're ever going to watch. And just the way that it subverts, your expectations of like what you get out of movies and those three performances at the core of it are fantastic. Absolutely. Very nice. Um, my number five is drive uh, Ryan Gosling, just driving around and being badass. Uh, number four is sing street, um, which I just think it's, it's so, so sweet and so pure. And the music, the original music is actually fantastic. And I have heard that they're making a Broadway musical out of it, uh, but I will not believe it until I see it. Drive it like you stole it. Should have won an Oscar. <laughs> it should, was, it, was it even nominated? No. What? This movie wasn't even nominated for anything. Well. Bastards. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'll calm uh, myself down. Yeah. <laughs> Number three is a movie that doesn't take place strictly in the 80s, but does have scenes that take place in the 80s. And that is Rocket Man, uh, the Elton John ah. biopic that is my favorite musical biopic, not because it subverts the tropes in any um, in any meaningful way, but just because it's Elton John and it feels like it's coming mm. right from the heart. Um, and it, it just feels so honest and Taron Edgerton is stunning. Yep. Uh, number two is It. Uh, I guess it chapter one, uh, the, the, the first one, the one set entirely in the eighties, this film is scary and it is effective and it's themes and thematic parallels with uh, like other Stephen King stories. And then connecting with the second movie, I just yep. think are so, so well done. Uh, and number one is Fargo because I mean, come on, come on, come on. You um, betcha. Yeah. You betcha. 
Um, yeah, Fargo, just so fantastic. So darkly hilarious. Maybe the best Coens. Shane, you're, you're the Cohen guy. What would you say about Fargo? Where, where, does, um, it, where does it fall on the Coens? Objectively, mm-hmm. I think most people would probably say it's their best film. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it didn't win Best Picture is just a bunch of nonsense. Um, yeah. <laughs> which just, I think Fargo is the perfect combination of their sense of humor and their ability to make thrilling, serious films. Because, right. like, basically, I love The Big Lebowski and I love No Country for Old Men. You smash them together, you get Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, very nice. Uh, our last category today is our 2015 watch list. I guarantee you, Shane has seen every single film on my list. Um, um mine's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> my list is so weird. Hit, hit me with it. <laughs> this is out of morbid curiosity, because I've never actually sat to watch it as fan four stick. Um, right. I've never actually put myself sitting through this movie, so I put Fantastic Four on there. Um, knock knock because of Keanu, mm-hmm. um, and just Keanu's a th- is just a thing. Um, this is strange because I've seen the first and I just watched the third. Uh, Magic Mike XXL. I Interesting. The second one. Really? There's a movie on your list that I've seen. What? What? <laughs> what is happening? Well, if you have seen Fantastic Four, I'm sorry. I have, in uh, fact, not. <laughs> that is on the very bottom of superhero movies that I desire to see. Yeah. Um, my number two is A Man Called Ove. Oh, nice. Or Ove. I yeah. Don't know how you... yeah. Whichever. I loved Man Called Otto. And, like, well, love's a heart. Uh, love is a strong word. I really enjoyed that movie. And I want to see, like, the probably superior like northern european version because you know that's how that goes how many american remakes are better than the original the departed um (laughs) uh number one love because i hate myself and i'm gonna make me watch a gasper noe film (laughs) (laughs) oh my god now i'm getting climax flashbacks (laughs) (laughs) um uh so mine in really no particular order there is the revenant uh, the Lobster, Room, um, and The Big Short, and Carol. All of these movies that I'm very, very intrigued about, and I've heard amazing things about all of them. Uh, I just have to actually sit down and watch it, except for The Lobster. I've actually only heard terrible things about The Lobster from my parents specifically. What? They- hated it what so i like that actually only makes me more interested in watching it um i i don't know if i love the second half of the film as much as i love the first half of the film but like what yeah (laughs) just well yorgos yorgos lanthimos is a very specific voice Mm -hmm. and if you're not vibing with them it's not working um carol's actually an answer to a probably common question is what's one film that's beloved that you hate Mm -hmm. interesting and i don't know about i don't know if it was the experience watching it or anything um i did have a few films ruined for me by watching it with a specific group of people at that time yeah like i hated it follows because basically the people i watched it with just made fun of it the whole entire time um and it was the same people I watched Carol with, but I don't know. Something about it just didn't vibe with me. But 
maybe I'll give it another try. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. open minded. Exactly. Maybe it'll maybe maybe it'll pop up on our on our show at some point. Uh, in, there you in go. the future, however long we go, Rowan's going to give me an excuse to watch it again. Exactly, exactly. I mean, hey, if there's anything, you know, this show has been fantastic in knocking some really big stuff off of off of both of our watch lists. Absolutely. So, you never know. You never know. Um, well, that is that uh, reaches uh, the end of our episode. Uh, next week, we are going to talk about a film called Columbus that I hadn't heard until I started looking into uh, movies released in 2017 because that's a year that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. And um, not about Christopher Columbus. Exactly. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but uh, so very, very excited for that. Uh, Shane, where can the people find you if they would like to? Uh, anywhere on the internet. I hope so. Um, over on the Wasteland Reviewer Instagram page, you can see where I post all of my things from the Wasteland Reviewer YouTube channel, which I think Rowan's going to be popping up on Welcome to the Wasteland a little bit more frequently when I start yeah. my John Ford <laughs> era of 80 weeks going through Whoa. movies um and then sif pop and scribe magazine and my own podcast the cinematic wasteland mm-hmm. very very nice very nice uh you can find me at the leniencritic.com that's l-e-n-i-e-n-t critic i also have another podcast called runtime babe that you should definitely check out wherever podcasts are found and uh yeah bits of joel on twitter if you'd like to uh if you like if you'd like to go there um but um for now uh Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Rowan and the Wasteland.